Teen Time Presents Podcast On Demand. Log on to podcast.rthk.hk. Teen Time Podcast On Demand. This is the Teen Time Science Blog. I'm Neil Chase. Although the engines in cars have evolved a lot over the last hundred years or more, they are mostly based around the four-stroke internal combustion engine. The four strokes being to first suck in the air and fuel mix, then compress it, then ignite it, and then expel it. That is the basis of all petrol engines, and those four processes happen in the same cylinders. But that is pretty inefficient, as sucking in the air-fuel mix and compressing it is best done in a cold environment, whilst igniting it and expelling it is best done in a hot environment. Having all those processes in one cylinder is not very efficient, therefore. So a company in California is working on a new type of engine that would separate those processes to make the engine more efficient. They say that by compressing the gases in a cold chamber and then moving them to another hot one for ignition could make the car up to 50% more efficient. The new engine is a long way from commercial development, but with ever-increasing fuel prices, any efficiency in car use is really welcome. There was good news for the ocean's whales last week, as Japan called off its annual whale hunt. It wasn't due to a change of heart, but the actions of anti-whaling protesters in the Antarctic, who interfered with the hunt by blocking the paths of whaling ships and throwing ropes into the sea to tangle the ship's propellers. Japan considers these actions marine terrorism, but the environmentalists involved see it as protecting the world's whales from unnecessary slaughter. By doing so, they have saved around 600 whales from being killed. Although there is a worldwide ban on hunting whales, Japan uses a loophole in the regulations in saying that the caught whales are for scientific use. But rarely is all the whale meat used that is caught, and much of it is still in storage from past years, as most Japanese people don't want to eat whale meat anymore. Japan hasn't decided whether it will hunt whales again next season, but hopefully it will not. The terrible earthquake in New Zealand last week was another reminder of how difficult it is to predict when these disasters will happen. Scientists can sometimes get some clues and give advance notice, but nobody expected the devastation in Christchurch. However, plans are being made for a new type of earthquake detection from space. A team of British and Russian researchers is planning to launch two experimental satellites into orbit to try to identify natural warning signs that an earthquake is possible. The satellites will be looking for tiny electromagnetic signals that can be sensed from the upper atmosphere due to the changes in the Earth's magnetism. The scientists think that these minute signals could be a sign that an earthquake is imminent. The satellites won't be launched for another four years, and even then the science of prediction is unlikely to be accurate enough to pinpoint a particular area or city that is threatened. The more we look into space, the more fascinating it becomes. Until now, we'd thought that only one planet could be in one orbit. But a new sighting from the Kepler Space Telescope in orbit 
is of two planets in the same orbit going round a distant sun. The system is millions of light years away, but it seems that the two planets are 120 degrees apart, but in the same orbit. So, if you were on that planet, which is unlikely as it would be far too hot, then you would always see the other huge planet in the sky. Although astronomers have found hundreds of other planets orbiting around suns, this is the first time that two planets have been seen to occupy the same orbit. Unfortunately, though, they are travelling at slightly different speeds, and one will eventually catch up to the other, but not for at least another two million years. Computer processors are getting faster and smaller, with millions of transistors on a tiny chip. But one thing that processors are not is flexible. You can't have bendy computers. But now a team of scientists from Belgium has developed a new type of computer chip that is flexible and rubbery. Unfortunately, though, it is extremely simple and not powerful at all. It only has 4,000 transistors and works in 8-bit, like a very old processor from the 1970s. So don't expect any radical computing options from this new chip. But it should be possible to use these bendy chips for things like e-paper or electronically marking irregular things like fruit or vegetables. But at least the first bendy chip has arrived. I'm Neil Chase, and that's it for the science blog for this week. Read it back again on the Teen Time website, and I'll see you next Thursday evening with more. Teen Time presents podcast on demand. Log on to podcast.rthk.hk. Teen Time podcast on demand. <laughs>